welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore, Jocelyn Gotto, and James Kazina. This podcast is an all-in-one devotional, essential for anyone trying to figure out how to follow Jesus in today's world. Each month, we'll release four different episodes, including stories from the field, preaching, and conversations with special guests. For more information, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. Here's today's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast. It is Mike Gore here in the studio with my co-host, Josh Gotto. Hey, Mike. It is great to be back for another episode. And can you believe we're already halfway through 2020? That's crazy, hey? That's crazy. Unbelievable. And a year that has turned out to be absolutely, like, if I had to say, you know, people say nothing like. Well, I mean, literally, literally it has turned nothing. out nothing like I had expected. <laughs> But my guess is, for our listeners, it probably feels the same way. Although, I'm hoping that for some people who are regular listeners of our podcast, they've been able to actually dive deeper into scripture and develop some new spiritual disciplines or get to find that that spiritual rhythm that, I guess, at the the outset or the onset of isolation felt really far away. But for me, over the sort of last six or eight weeks, I feel like I've really started to find my feet in that. And so my hope is for many of our listeners today, uh, it's the same for them. Yeah, and I think that as life has started to go back to normal, you know, restaurants have opened, businesses, offices have reopened, schools, travel, all that kind of thing. It is weird to come back into what used to be normal and try and find our new normal in what used to be normal. And I think it's actually a really important time now for us to stop and to look back over the last couple of months and see what we've learned. You know, we joked before about 2020 turning out nothing like what we had anticipated or planned or dreamed of, but it doesn't mean that all that was lost. I remember many years ago, actually, you said to me, God never wastes a minute. Mm. And I think that's a really important lens to look at these last few months and the rest of this year going forward, that God's not wasting this um, and it's important for us to start pulling some lessons or drawing out some insights on where we think God has been speaking to us um, and kind of the lessons that he's been teaching us as we've walked through this really weird season. Yeah I think for me Joss one of the things I'd say that isolation did was it kind of amplified all of the little things and you need only look around society and culture today to see people finding joy in things that previously we all took for granted. I mean I look out the window at home and there's people riding bikes up and down the streets, more people walking with their kids or their dogs or whatever it might be than than you've ever had before. And even me personally, you start finding joy in the subtleties, joy in the small things. And an overly, I guess, a, a matured sense of joy is thankfulness. And ultimately that's what I've been able to find a rhythm of. And one of the lessons that we can talk about today with listeners is thankfulness. Because as isolation has amplified all the subtleties of life, I've really found myself being able to better articulate thankfulness for those things. It really reminds me of Helen Bahani's story, which we may or may not have shared on the podcast before, but Helen, a really good friend of mine, spent two and a half years locked in an Eritrean shipping container because she was unwilling, not to deny Jesus, but unwilling to stop evangelizing. Now, for our listeners, Eritrea, it's a country in the Horn of Africa. It's a country where Christianity in and of itself isn't illegal, but sharing the gospel is. Helen was a gospel singer, a worship leader, as we would call them here in Western cultures. And one day she was standing on the stairs of her church, playing a guitar and singing a song. The authorities came, they arrested her, and for two and a half years held her without charge in a metal shipping container. Those containers that we see driven around on the back of trucks in all of our sort of big capital cities. Well, in Eritrea, they take those same 20 or 40 foot containers, they place them in the desert, they cut slits in the top of those containers for air, 
and then they cram up to 20, 30 people at a time into these containers. I remember as I sat with Helen, she, she's one of these really elegant women. I mean, she's tall, she's glamorous, she's beautiful. She walked into a room, the whole place stops and, and notices her arrival. But what people, or one of the subtleties that you wouldn't notice with Helen, is that she often wears a shawl that covers her shoulders. And there's a reason for this, because Helen will tell me that when she was in those shipping containers, during the day it would get so hot that if you were the unlucky one to be on the outside of the group inside and, and the kind of the collective volume of people in there rendered you with your arm pressed to the edge of the container, well, your skin would literally burn to the side of the container. And today she has burns that mask up and down both of her arms. And she'll tell me at night, it would be so cold in these containers that you would likely suffer hypothermia. But on one occasion, Helen was, I mean, she was renowned for singing worship songs in this, uh, in this prison, mm. writing notes of encouragement and scripture and passing them to prisoners. Wow. Anyway, on one occasion, the guards came and they grabbed Helen. And they, they pulled her out to the center of the compound. They called all the prisoners around. They stripped her naked and they said, Helen, where is your Bible? And she said, I don't have one. And the guard sort of tapping a wooden baton in his hand says, well, Helen, where's your Bible? And she said, I don't have one. He said to her, is it in your head? He said, yeah, it's in my head. And the guard said to Helen, well, we're going to have to beat it out of you. He began to beat Helen with this baton, with an inch of her life. And halfway through the beating, she stopped and she said, I remember I stopped and looked at the person beating me. And I said to him, I do not hate you. For you are just carrying out an order. But she said, you need to know I'm carrying out an order too. And that's not to deny Jesus. So carry on. I mean, Joss, carry on. When this guy literally beats her within an inch of her life, they pick up her lifeless body, she tells me, and they take her back to the container. They open the doors and just throw her in there on the floor. She said, as I laid there on the floor, Mike, I began to sing. Thank you, God, for the hot days. Thank you, God, for the cold nights. Thank you for the bugs that bite my skin. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't know about you, but I'm not entirely sure that in that moment, thankfulness would be things on my lips. But again, as I talk about isolation, highlighting the subtleties of life, Helen's song is a perfect example of that because what she does is she doesn't just say, God, I praise you and I thank you. She's saying, thank you for the hot days, the cold nights, the bugs that bite my skin, and just goes on and on and on and lists out all of these subtleties of which she finds thankfulness in. And for me, it's, it's a great reminder that in isolation, as we come out of it and the world, as you said before, mm. kind of finds a new normal, we don't want to lose the beauty in the subtlety. Yeah. Right? And I think that's the key for all of our listeners today is let's not forget that the world has been, become more colorful for us. Yeah. Right? It's a beautiful place. And so one of the little tips or tricks that I hope to share with you, Josh, but also our listeners is the way it shifted or changed a spiritual discipline in my life is that now at night before I go to bed, mm-hmm. I will only pray prayers of thanksgiving. I'll, go, I'll look back and I'll say, hey, thank you today for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Thank you for this conversation. Thank you for um, having dinner with my girls tonight and having this conversation. Or thank you for the walk we took in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I want to make sure that I find this daily rhythm of thankfulness to God. Because let me ask you, if, if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thanked God for today, what would you have? Such a powerful question. Absolutely. And for me, I realized, Josh, before isolation, yeah. I probably wouldn't have a house, I wouldn't have a job, I wouldn't be married, I wouldn't have kids, because I never spent time thanking him. Mm. And that's what I've learned from Helen. And in isolation, let's commit to having a rhythm of thankfulness. 
I love that. And I feel like it's so challenging and kind of confronting all of Helen's story. But to think that maybe we've only ever had like a one dimensional idea of thankfulness, like all of our thankfulness was only ever in those great experiences or in the mountain highs. And when we feel good, when we feel close to God, when we feel like kind of everything's going our way. But has it actually just been like a one dimensional idea of thankfulness? And now we've been given the chance to I mean, everybody has been affected by coronavirus in some way. The world is not the same place that it was in February. Um, but so now we've all been kind of given this this little window into what like how different our life could look. Um, and I think one of those things, yeah, is thankfulness. And I'm super challenged by that. And that's a practice that I would really love to get into a rhythm of as well. Another story that we heard a couple of months ago was um, from a Russian Orthodox priest, a story from the 80s. And his name was Father Glib Yakunin. He was a Russian Orthodox priest and dissident. Uh, he jailed for his faith in the notorious Perm 27 labor camp from 1980 till 1985, five years he was later rehabilitated and then elected into the Russian parliament. But when he was jailed, he was allowed to take one item into his cell with him and he chose his prayer beads. There's 33 beads on there, one for each year of the life of Christ. And they were divided into three sections of 11. And he said this, what saved me was using those beads to stimulate a morning ritual of thankfulness. Kind of like the ritual that you've yeah. established now at night of saying thank you to God as your last thing of the day. His was the morning ritual. And he said, human beings only have two options in life. They can exist or they can flourish. Flourishing is nothing to do with material wealth. You can merely exist as a rich person, but you can flourish in prison. The difference is the morning discipline of thankfulness. Wow. Isn't that a crazy thought? Yakunin believed that each morning we must deliberately set ourselves a goal of being thankful to God, as this is the most profound reason that we were made by God in the first place. He said, you can only thrive under persecution if your attitude is like the psalmist in 116 verse 12. How can I repay the Lord for all of his goodness to me? And then he said, we became sinful when we lost our center of gratitude to God as described in Romans 1.21. Though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Isn't that a powerful uh, idea that when we are not in gratitude to God, we've not given him the position that he's needed in our lives. Gratitude is such an important pillar of faith and being faithful to God is so important. It's this biblical principle that we must pay attention. I remember reading the other day about the word behold. It's a word that we never really use in our modern language. It's kind of just fall into the wayside. But to behold really means to pay attention. And it's used over a thousand times in the Bible, this behold, behold, behold. And it's almost like God is interrupting people saying, hey, pay attention, like behold, pay attention. Behold, this is what is before you. And to me, even over the last couple of months, that spiritual discipline of paying attention, that spiritual discipline of beholding has become a way of thankfulness. What does it take for us to take a step back and practice thankfulness? And this Russian priest, he had three tips based on these three sections of his prayer beads. Yukunin said, the first one, I speak out 11 reasons why I'm glad to be alive in God's beautiful world this day. Remember, this guy's in prison when he's saying this. I speak out 11 reasons why I'm glad to be alive. With the second 11, I speak out 11 more reasons 
I am glad that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Saviour. And with the final 11, I speak out 11 challenges that I have put into the hands of the Holy Spirit, who will bring all of these things into a glorious climax before the throne of God. For you, Kunin, this is the Trinity in action. He looked up to the Father who made all things and makes his place as a human being dependent on God. He looks at Jesus Christ, which is his power. He does not get by on willpower, but he needs an infusion of the loving power of Jesus Christ. And finally, he hands over his life and his challenges to the Holy Spirit, who works out the will of God for the good of those who love him. And he relieves him of the pressures of taking responsibility for the things that he needs to leave to God. Yeah, Joss, I've always loved Glib Yukunin's story to know that in prison, you know, the way I heard the story told was that he would get those prayer beads and he would ferociously sort of push them into his hand, count them off 11 at a time and make that part of his daily ritual of thankfulness. I mean, isn't it funny how a guy can say, look, you can flourish in prison, yeah. right? And that a rich person can just exist. Yeah. What a powerful, it's always why I believe the persecuted church are the greatest spiritual mentors we could ever have because in so many ways and by name, They've already overcome the distractions, the bonds of culture to remain courageously close to Jesus. And Glib Yakunin is a perfect example of that. Yeah. My hope is today it's been an encouragement to our listeners to ask yourself, if you woke up tomorrow with only the things you thank God for today, what would you have? And maybe how can you create a spiritual discipline of thankfulness in your life? For me, as I said at the top of the podcast, I end my day with it. You could begin yours with it. It doesn't matter how you do it. It's not caught up in, hey, I need to copy this or do that. Mm -hmm. What matters is that we are truly thankful for the things that we have, not just the materialism. Like Yakunin says, there's the God the Father, thankful for the things today. There's look to the Son, Jesus, for all that he brings us. And then there's the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And so my hope is today for all of us listening, together we can find what it means to be truly thankful in 2020. Thanks for listening to the Open Doors Live podcast with your hosts, Mike Gore, Jocelyn Gotto, and James Kazina. We hope the life-changing stories and lessons from the persecuted church help you follow Jesus, no matter the cost. To find out more, head over to opendoors.org.au or opendoors.org.nz. I'm your producer, Bethany Ross, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the Open Doors Live podcast.